to another edition of Storm Champ, the podcast that focuses on everyday folks and their stories as they've faced and conquered their storms. Uh, today, um, you got me, Kim, I'll be your host, and I'm speaking with my sorority sister, Natalie, um, on some things that she's been through in the last several years and well, she's kind of come out of the mix learning about herself, about the world, and how to sort of navigate those challenges that come um, when we least expect them. So um, without further ado, Natalie, if you'd like to share just a little bit about yourself and introduce your uh, yourself or your story to our listeners. Awesome. Yes. Um, so my name is Natalie Rouse, and I am a former party girl um, turned entrepreneur, saved by grace. Um, that's what I like to tell people, just a real debrief about me. Um, gosh, I'm a fur mama. Um, I am an auntie. I'm a daughter. I, you know, build a business online and I help other people do the same. Um, I'm a successful entrepreneur. been doing this now full-time from home for the last five years. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just get, uh, I'm just really passionate about motivating women on overcoming just any storms really that come their way and then empowering them to take full control over their lives financially and health wise and, um, just all around. So that's just a little bit about me. Sure. That sounds like a full-time job for any of us, but uh, multifaceted kind of like me, right? A little bit in every bucket. So that's great. No, wonderful. So, um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, what kind of, uh, brings you to a spot where you'd like to share your story. Um, you seem like an outgoing person to begin with, but Sometimes when we go through difficult stuff, it's not so easy just to open up and bear it all to the world. Um, I know that you and I personally had connected through social media spaces and otherwise because of your candidness, because of your vulnerability and your, your, your willingness to kind of open up and expose some of those maybe not so picture perfect parts of ourselves. So can you take me back to a little bit uh, before you maybe were your own best spokesperson? How did you get the confidence to kind of wrap it all up, put a bow on top and let the world see you for who you are? Yeah, that's a great question. That's like a multifaceted question. <laughs> I love it. Um, so one, I'll say this, like I didn't grow up and I'm still a work in progress. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I still got to, um, but I will say this, like growing up, I, as I started thinking about like where it all started and where it all stemmed, as I remember just being really confused, really young, just, I feel like I, didn't, I lacked direction and I really lacked, when I think about it, I lacked identity. Like, I feel like I didn't really know who I was or where I fit in, in this whole crazy world that we're living in. Right. And so throughout my, um, gosh, teens and then up into my twenties, I was basically, and that's where I like to say a party girls. Cause like, that's really what I was. Like, I wasn't somebody that people took seriously. I wasn't somebody that was really organized or you know, successful by, by my own standards, I guess. But, um, it wasn't until being diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 30, um, that I really started to be like, I, 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 I look at it this way. It was the most scariest time of my life by far. You know, when you that call, it's like the C word, right? They say in every language it's the most feared word in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, is because we can't, we, at this point, there's no cure. Right. And so we have to, it requires a lot of faith and it requires grace by God that I'm even still alive, you know, mm -hmm. but 
in that moment, I remember just having this, um, uh, like this just moment where I was just like, I realized that I wasn't in control for someone that thought that I could control my life and I could do whatever I wanted. I was like, I'm not in control, you know? And, and it's like, I can't just, and it was like, for the first time in my life, I had to really grow in my faith and trust that God was going to get me through that point in my life. And so it really developed my faith. I had accepted um, Christ when I was like in you know, middle school and then kind of just went off and did my own thing. And in that moment, I remember falling to my knees and just praying to God to get me through it. And he met me where I was at and I have been walking with the Lord ever since. And yeah. it's completely changed my life. And I want to say that the, that even though it was difficult and it was hard, I feel like I got a second chance at life. And I feel like I, I had the opportunity to realize that this is it. You know what I mean? That this is not that this is it. I mean, I do believe in heaven and I do believe in an afterlife. Um, and I don't believe that this is our permanent home, mm -hmm. but I, I realized in that moment that like the time that we don't know how much time that we have, we don't know how much time on earth. And I felt like I was wasting it on things that didn't matter, you know? Sure. And I, it put things in perspective of like, Natalie, like, does this stuff even matter? Mm -hmm. Does like, don't, these parties does doing all this stuff like it's fun but at the end of the day if you were to die tomorrow you know like would this stuff really even matter sure. would the, my conversations that I have matter would you know the relationships that I have yeah. really would I have left an impact you know and really fulfilled my purpose and so I read a book called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren I'm gonna throw that out there I don't get any like anything for like, okay. like just book, right? I don't have any um, affiliation with it. I don't have any promo codes, but um, I will say this. I read that book and it changed my life. And I realized like, cause I was seeking purpose mm -hmm. for the first time. It was like, wasn't like, let's just have fun. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, let me figure out what I'm here for. Let me figure out why I'm here and what I want to do spending the rest of the time that I have here. And I feel like God gave me a second chance to do that. And so I've do just been trying. Think, I was going to say, do you think you would have come to that intersection of your sort of self-exploration without such an abrupt stop? Do you think that you still would have just been out here trying to have a good time, brunching, you know, how we young people <laughs> do, right? We just go out and like have a great time and then it's, you know, repeat, repeat. Re and granted, this is like pre-COVID world, right? Pre pre-March 2020 and all the other things that have sort of reshaped our, our normal, if you will. But do you think you would have really had that kind of literally coming to Jesus, coming to God moment without that, the, the diagnosis of breast cancer at 30? Yeah, that's a great question. And the, the answer is no. I mean, absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. I mean, I really, I, it was interesting though, because I remember having this like right before that happened and it's kind of interesting how it all played out but right before that happened i remember i had the apartment downtown i had gotten my college degree i had a few guys that i was dating you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i was kind of playing the field and i was going to concerts i was working at a place on the weekends that had concerts and i had tons of friends and i had all these things and i remember thinking how come i don't still feel fulfilled though mm -hmm. so have the things right that would look like I would be fulfilled but I wasn't and I, I couldn't figure out what was missing 
And I really feel like that was almost like a setup for what was to come because it was later that I was able to look back and be like, that's what was missing. My relationship with my creator. Like I just felt like I was just kind of trying to figure it out on my own mm-hmm. without any sort of direction, you know? Well, you got a pretty strong direction sign when, when you know, you fall to your knees and say, oh, like, is this, is this it? Have I, right. And to your point, that sort of self-reflection and talk. I know a lot of folks kind of go through that. Maybe you've lost your job recently. Maybe we've lost family members. I mean, it's been a rough year in general and, and life goes on. But in the thick of it, when you were just completely beside yourself, your plan has gone hella left or hella right. Like there's just no sense that you can make of it. There's no control that we really have around it. It's in those sort of moments that you, whoever, however, whatever you're calling out to really comes pretty crystal clear. So, so yes, I can imagine that many of our viewers understand that and have perhaps gone through that, that very powerful transformative moment of really looking at yourself and your life and saying, what, what is worth it? Like what is going on here? So, so how did you get off of your knees? How did you, how did you actually kind of swallow the news of what that diagnosis meant to you and to the rest of your family and the rest of your world? What did that first week after that look like? Oh yeah. It was, um, honestly by the grace of God. And I, and I do want to touch on the fact that you said that, cause I do believe in this COVID you know, quarantine and, um, 2020 in general, I, I remember when this happened and I was like, I feel like people are having their come to Jesus moment right now. You know, mm-hmm. I think as Americans as a whole and really the whole world, sure. but Americans, cause we do have a lot of luxuries that I love a lot of other people don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, and we forget that because it's so part of our culture, you know, that when all of these things are stripped away, it really has us look at what really matters, you know? And mm-hmm. so and in saying that, I, I felt like as a, as a whole, we've had that moment. And I remember feeling for those, for everybody, because I felt like I had my moment five years ago where this was like, oh, you know what I mean? Like I can mm-hmm. handle this because I went through that and God set me up for that. But um, I will say this, it was by the grace of God, because I still went to work. I was working two jobs. I look back and I'm like, how in the world did I do it? You know, right. and I remember on my mom and thinking like how that was the hardest part was like, how am I going to tell her, you know? And um, yeah. when you first find out, they don't tell you your diagnosis. I didn't know if I had, I heard the word and in my mind it was over. Like I um, didn't know that people live past it. And I didn't know anybody who had even had cancer before prior to that moment. And so I was beside myself, but it was really by the grace of God. And I remember just feeling like this voice that was like, you're going to be okay. And it was like, I went from being a pool on the floor to crying out to the Lord and then just feeling this peace. It's like literally biblical that if they say the peace that surpasses all understanding, right? It was like, I felt peace and calmness And I remember just pulling myself up off the floor, sitting on my couch and being like, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. And then get your boxing gloves on and fight for your life. And I I mean, praise God, I have like a relentless spirit. I feel that I've just always kind of tried to, I don't know. I don't know if it's a stubbornness Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a sense, Um, but it's a gift and a curse. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. helped me in my entrepreneurship too, because I'm kind of like, if I, I'm kind of stubborn in that sense, but 
relentlessly, I just got through it. And then, um, yeah, by the grace of God, it wasn't as bad as I had expected because I didn't know. Um, it was um, deemed stage two. I did go through like a series of chemotherapy treatments for four months. I lost all my hair, eyelashes. It was hard and it was difficult. But honestly, what got me through it was just thinking about the other side. And I think that was like a huge thing. It was like when we're in the storm, sometimes all we can see is the storm. Mm -hmm. But if we can look and we can just think like even in this season, right? In 2020, my vision is 2021. So I'm in this, but I keep thinking like, okay, how do I want to come out of this? How do I want to come out of this? And I remember thinking that then, like, how do I want to, what do I want to do differently? Mm -hmm. It was really a time of reflection is what it became. It became a time of like, okay, Lord, you're going to give me a second chance. I believe you. I trust you. I have faith that I'm going to get through this. But when I do, who do I want to be on the other side? You know? So amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, all the things that you're speaking to, um, it really kind of hits that button. My, my dinger is going off with that mind, body, spirit connection, because uh, obviously your body was going through some things and, and what you're flexing in your example right there is your mind. Like it's not just mindfulness, it's mindfulness to the nth degree. And you have the faith, the spirit behind it to really just solidify that whole piece. So, you know, it's interesting because a lot of folks, whether they're religiously practicing or otherwise, you know, strong in their spiritual boundaries or otherwise, they, I think just worldly folks can recognize that at your darkest, that's when the light is most, most needed, right? However, we want to talk about that. And I think it's when you're, you're at that drop down, drag out, perhaps rock bottom, whatever language we want to use with it, that's when like the most amount of, and you've used the word grace uh, several different times, comes to you. Like I just get goosebumps thinking about it. And, and most folks I think know that I have a pretty complicated relationship with my own face. And so I think that that is really poignant at that point when you can't physically control anything that's going on, but mentally and spiritually, you're so dedicated and, and disciplined to recognize that that was your ticket towards the, 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 the unknown future, towards the forward we, we have yet to really discover. So that's, that's a phenomenal. And at 30 years old, right, so, such, a, such a difficult chapter of life that you've come through at such a young age, if, if we will say it. But that, that's, uh, you know, so many lessons learned that I'm sure folks in your immediate circles and everybody you've touched outside of that can learn from, you know, and that's, that's what it's all about, I think, you know in the name of just sort of pressing on and moving forward and doing your very best to live the life that you love. So, you know, in, in the shadow of the unknown and in this fact that you knew you were in the midst of a bit, a battle, a fight for your life, how, uh, how did you, or what did you, I guess, lean on for strength in that time? Um, you know, were you calling and talking to your family? Were you, you know, trying to maintain a sense of normal as you had been living it? What was it that really helped you, uh, I guess, logistically bridge the news and the information that you knew you were about to face this battle and then as you were walking through it? Yeah, this is interesting because I feel like it, it very much parallels to a lot of the same experiences that I'm having right now. Okay. And what is one relationships. Absolutely. I was so blessed to have, I mean, my sorority sisters, 
were like doing the breast cancer walk with signs on and I was getting phone calls and prayers and I mean donations from you know it was it was amazing it was truly truly amazing and it was a blessing and what I'll say is this it was a huge part of it outside of that was protecting my peace and I think that is something that for me in coaching and mentoring um, other business partners that I work with, it's been a huge thing for me to try to teach them from my experience that I became very like, um, I don't know how to, very sensitive, very sensitive going through that to news, very sensitive to what I was listening to, what I was watching, if there was violence, if there was hate, if there was um, any of that, it was weird. It was like going through chemo and going through, I I would actually get like headaches really bad, or I would like have like anxiety. And so I had to protect my peace, meaning I had to turn the TV off. Mm -hmm. You know, if I watched anything, it was like Hallmark channel. (laughs) I read anything. Hello, 2020, right? Like, let's just turn the TV off. Like, please. (laughs) Yeah. And it's something that I'm practicing now, you know, Absolutely. because I to, and I work from social media, but I do not scroll. It's like, that is because what I found really in that time, I realized like how, and maybe it was just because of that situation, like right now, how everything's polarized in my own life, in my own spiritual journey, everything was essentially almost life or death or very extreme. And so I, I just noticed, I was like, wow when I watch stuff that's like fun or loving, or if I'm reading the, like my Bible, or if I'm reading something encouraging or spiritual or growth oriented, Mm -hmm. how physically would feel afterwards versus if I was watching something that was negative. And so even in this time, I'm very, and I've kind of changed in that sense where I protect my peace in general, but I think it's in those times that you really need to figure out you know, does this bring me peace? Does this bring me joy? And if it doesn't, learning to let that go. Absolutely. Especially when we're our own worst enemy in some of that regard, right? How many of us just want to curl up with the stretchiest of stretchy pants and that never ending bowl of ice cream and watch like the saddest, I don't know, maybe I just... I know I'm not the only one. That's all I'm going to say. But like, there are so many bad habits that feel good in that moment. But in truth, you're really just putting yourself another two days back, another day back, another day back. Like why, why continue to pour into an overfilled cup of sadness and heaviness and darkness and just nothing that's going to get you out of your current state? I mean, you know, baby steps might be, you know, the mantra some people use. And I'm here for like leaps and bounds. Like I'm impatient as well. So I can only imagine that the lessons I would have been learning in this, you can't rush, you can't rush treatment like this. You can't decide that you just don't believe in in the, the truth the doctors are telling you. Like there are several storms that I have to imagine you were going through at the same time, just interpersonally. Um, which leads me to kind of my next general question. Like, do you, would you describe your experience at 30 and beyond as the largest storm of your life? Or is there, was there complicating things around that, that kind of like sort of domino effect or snowballed from one thing to another to another? Yeah. Um, and that's interesting. You mentioned that I remember coming out and like I said, I had this thing, right? So I was like, 
in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm done with treatment in January. You know, I'm sure that's how some people are thinking right now, 2021, right? So mm -hmm. I was like sitting in this, like, okay, I'm going to reflect. What do I want to change? I was journaling. I was reading. I was like really trying to take advantage of that time that I had to really like reshift and refocus and all that. And, but in the process and just get through it. I mean, honestly, I was just trying to, I was just trying to get through it, but I had this vision of like, okay, when I get out of this, I'm going like 110 miles per hour, you know? Um, and nothing's stopping me kind of a thing. And I remember having that vision. And then it's interesting because I think similarly to how maybe some people even thought, you know, when COVID hit in, in March, that like, oh, it's only going to be two months. It's only going to be six months, right? It's only going to be, it's like, here we are, like, you know, November, like, <laughs> yeah, still going on. So um, I feel like that was almost parallel to what ended up happening in my own life, because I thought that that was the end um, of my storm. I didn't think that was the beginning, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it was the beginning. So, um, come to find out I had a, um, and I do have, I carry a gene called BRCA2 that makes me more susceptible to getting breast cancer. Um, which is part of the reason why I probably got it at such a young age. Well, come to find out it's a 50, 50 chance that you will have that gene if you're and on, for me, it was on my dad's side, um, which is why they didn't catch it right away. Um, now they're coming to find out, you know, more and more research that they can pass it down on, on your father's side as well. Um, so long story short, my sister ended up being diagnosed. Um, what is that? March of right after I finished chemotherapy. So it was probably two months, six weeks to eight weeks after I finished my chemotherapy treatment that I got a phone call mm -hmm. from my sister letting me know hey, um, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And I'll never forget that phone call because I thought that she, I thought it was like a sick joke. I right. was like, that, I was like, that's not funny. Like, no, there's, that can't even, there's no way. Like, how would that even, she's like, I'm serious. And, I was, and it was just, it was one of those like out of, you know, out of my own skin. I was just like, there's no way that this is happening. So it, it you know, as it came to, um, yeah, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and it was, uh, further along than mine. It was a different, um, form. Mm -hmm. So the breast cancer, what people don't know is that there's many different types. And so it was a different type than mine. And it was also more aggressive than mine. Um, and so she ended up having to go through her own battle with breast cancer starting at that point. Yeah. Oh, how did... I mean, obviously, you could never have even contrived that sort of scenario. Um, is this was is this your older sister or a younger sister? As my older sister. older sister. So that's hard in general. I'm the oldest, so like you know, mama hen syndrome, right? And like seeing somebody that you've looked up to through childhood and all that other stuff, seeing somebody who likely has guided you through some of life's lessons at a younger age and whatnot, be in such a vulnerable place, a place that you're all too familiar with having just come through your own treatment. What did, I mean, fear must've been at a thousand, right? Like I, I what did, what were you feeling at that time and how were you managing just your emotional response to what you knew she was going to need from you and from the people around her? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, man. I feel like 
it was just a lot. It was, I can't even really, it was really by the grace of God that I had the strength to even go through it. And then to also be there for my mother going through it because mm. she, for me while I was sick. And then now she was caring for her. Um, I think I was hopeful more um, mm. because I had just came through mine. Uh-huh. So I was hopeful that, you know, it was all going to be behind her and that she was going to get through it too. And that, you know, we're just going to have to battle this. And mm-hmm. so I was actually more hopeful for a very long time um, until they ended up, uh, but because it was so far along, they were only able to treat it so much. Mm-hmm. And so eventually after going through chemotherapy treatments and um, surgeries and um, gosh, just fighting for, I think almost four, three or four years, um, she, uh, ended up passing away. It spread to her lungs and her hip. And, um, a lot of times what people don't know is that the breast cancer that, that ends up taking your life, it doesn't stay in your breast. It will usually, you know, um, metastasize to some other area of your body. And so for her, it was her lungs and um, it happened really quickly. And right after the 4th of July in 2018, we had this great time together. And within two weeks, she was in the hospital and they were saying there was nothing else they could do. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that. And I'm so grateful that you're able to share her story on her behalf. Um, and I'm sure that compounds your passion for just being being able to empathize and being able to sort of shine a light to, to women who are going through this particular challenge of breast cancer in its many forms. And the way mm-hmm. that it just sort of, what's the right word for it? Sort of a spider web of issues that are, are just sort of ripple effects touched by this. So, so wow, that's, that is a storm, no doubt. And as soon as, you know, your, your person, I'm sure you're still worried in general about your health and working on the best healthy lifestyle that you can live all the while, of course, holding, holding your mother's hand and having to watch her own daughter, um, leave this, this earth prematurely. So that, that's a challenge. Absolutely. How did you, how do you think that you and your mom got through it as well as you did? Gosh, I feel like, honestly, uh, faith, that was huge for me. I read the book of Job. (laughs) I highly encourage it if anybody's going through grief. What I can say is that I kind of was somebody that like pushed through and pushed through even my own, you know, pushed through and pushed through and, and it didn't hit me right away. But I ended up going through my own uh, grief and it hit hard. It hit hard probably about two or three months after um, she passed away. And I remember I was still serving in the church um, that was right down. And that was huge. I mean, I was there like multiple times a week, you know, Mm -hmm. just trying to uh, get through it, you know, and and have support and just have, you know, positivity in my life and stay. Mm -hmm. Because for me, as somebody who was, you know, uh, somebody that I guess I would say like self-medicated most of my life Mm -hmm. coming out of that and being healthy out of my own experience, but then having that loss, it was very easy for me to go back, you know, and I had, I almost felt like it was like a choice. It was like life or the enemy, whatever you want, wanted that pain 
to be so severe that it would cause me to retreat back to who I used to be. And I remember feeling myself kind of sliding there, like, mm. ah, this is a lot easier if I just go out, numb the pain, mm -hmm. forget what's happening, give up on all my dreams, give up on my goals, retreat, retreat, you know? And that's mm -hmm. kind of what the enemy, I believe, wants us to do, you know, is to give up. And um, it really was by the grace of God. And I remember crying out to God, and this was right before um, Christmas. And that was what was hard. It really got hard around the holidays. And so I have like a soft spot for everybody that grieves. And here's the truth. We all grieve because none of us come out of here alive, right? So right. what I found in grieving was, you know, if I'm going through this, you know, how many other people are really hurting because they lost their their mom, they lost their dad, they lost their cousin, they lost their dog, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, grief is huge. And I'd never experienced pain on that level before. Mm -hmm. um, but really reading the book of Job, and then I remember being in church and I was serving, it was Christmas Eve, and I was serving um, in the children's uh, center. And I had literally been praying the night before, like, Lord, I need something. Give me something. Cause I, I can't, I can't do it. Like I just, I hit this point where I'm like, I don't want to go back to the old me, but I don't know if I have the strength to get through this storm. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was such a blessing. I ended up running in to this amazing lady and she had never served there before. She happened to be serving that night and, um, or volunteering or whatever you want to call it. And, um, her name is Tara. And she was like, uh, you know, we were talking randomly. Somehow it came up that I wasn't serving as much anymore. I was like, yeah, hey, I'm every other week now because, you know, and then they're like, oh, well, you know, why is that just in conversation? Mm -hmm. And I mentioned, you know, um, because I recently had a loss in the family and she goes, oh, that's, that's interesting. She goes, that's, can you tell me more? Cause most people will shy away from that. You know, as right. soon as you. And it's like, you know, and feelings, <laughs> complicated emotions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead, she dug right in and she goes, I'm actually a grief therapist. And I, I can't even tell you, I started to cry. And I was like, you're a grief therapist. Like, <laughs> you don't understand. Like, you're literally an answer to prayer right now. I Absolutely. was you know, I'm really struggling and ugh, she was incredible. And I went through grief therapy. I graduated. I have my little like, you know, um, completion certificate or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I went through it and it was hard and it was ugly and it was dark and it was deep. And I struggled with a lot of, um, you know, PT. First of all, I watched her pass. And so anytime that you're there, um, there's a lot of PTSD. There's a lot of stuff that you witness mm -hmm. going that watching somebody suffer. Um, and that's what people don't tell you, you know, you go through, Oh, somebody passed away. But when you're actually there, there's so much that you witness and that you experience with that person. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also, um, survivor's guilt, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I was, I was survived. I had survived. She had it. Why me? Not her. There mm -hmm. were so many things. And then there was a lot of stuff that her and I experienced together as children, um, traumatic experiences that we experienced together that bonded us. Mm -hmm. And so it was also this sense of like, nobody else is going to understand what we went through, how we got, you know, it was like, you know, a lot of times when you're with your siblings, it's like, you have these experiences 
that you get each other on a different level because you were both there. You were both in the house. You both know how your mom is. You both know how your dad is. You both know, you know, all these things. And the holidays um, were a big time that we always spent together. And so I will say it was difficult and it was hard. Um, by far the hardest thing that I've ever had to go through. Um, but it gave me uh, a realization of how many people are probably struggling through grief. And I can't imagine going through it without God. I, I, I can't, I, I don't know how, I don't know how people do it. I honestly don't because the only thing that pulled me through was my faith in God and reading, you know, I had to get back to reading what it said in the Bible about you know, Job's experience and, and, and just, and what God says to be true, you know, and trusting him in the process. Cause like I said, none of us make it out of here alive. Right. Yeah. And death is a thing that nobody talks about, but it's a reality, you know, mm -hmm. for all of us at some point, and we're going to experience grief in many ways. And I think grief is also a reason that a lot of people turn to alcohol. A lot of people turn to drugs. A lot of people, turn to a lot of things is it's it's usually when you talk to somebody it's like there was a divorce their mm. father something triggered that series of events and so um for me i you know praise god he got me through it and he he provided in that time that you sure did he gave you that amazing woman right in front of you at the exact end of your rope like phenomenal uh, Sometimes the messages aren't quite so clear and literal, but in that particular case, I would say he hit it pretty spot on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> oh, oh such a blessing. And she's that still, she's, she recently wrote a book. Anyway, she's amazing. I can give anybody her yeah. info. For it. I'm a huge proponent of counseling. You know, I'm a Christian, but I believe in counseling. It's not something that is any bit taboo for me. You know, Absolutely. I've seen own life and I believe that sometimes you we need it you know we really need it to bring us through those those seasons those tough storms you know absolutely I saw um I saw sort of a meme like maybe it was more of a political cartoon kind of thing about about therapy in general and it was like you walk in and you sit down on the couch or whatever typical stereotypical thing and the guy's leaning back and the thought bubble comes up and it's just this big like spaghetti ball full of stuff and then you know the counselor the therapist comes in and sits down and says Hello, Gary. It's so great to see you today. And all of a sudden, that big ball turns into three little yarns neatly, you know, packaged up over here. And so you get to take what's all jumbled up in, in your heart and in your head, and you get to find a place to sort it out. And you still got to carry that weight. You still got to deal with the issue. But it's not so overwhelming and tied up in a way that you just feel like it's impossible. That person gives the gift of yourself and clarity back to you. And yeah, absolutely. Without getting on too much of a soapbox about it, I think many, many of our, our listeners, many, many of us on the on the project, we absolutely would advocate for folks to find their person. Um, hopefully professional, but otherwise there are spiritual guidance, right? There's spiritual counselors, there's there are, you know, those Sunday brunch good friends that you just need to vent or you need to find a solution with. Like we can't just keep it inside, we gotta get it out somehow. So would you, would you say that's one of the larger lessons learned in that space or, or what else, I guess, from, from, from losing your sister and going through the process of grief, did, did you come out on the other side better for, I guess, for lack of a better word? Yeah. Um, yeah. One, like I said, counseling 
Um, and then I will say this, like I said, my faith, because when I think about it, you know, the, the bottom line is like, you know, and I was even writing this down as I was looking over some of the questions, it was like, you know, life is hard. Life is painful. Life will kick the crap out of you. Life will bring you to your knees, you know? Um, but when I think about it, I'm so glad that I was walking with the Lord when it happened. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I was who I used to be, mm -hmm. that same storm would have hit. I don't want to know where I would be. I think that perspective is huge, whether you're 17 or 37. Like, it is amazing what you will do for yourself when you recognize that the same old ways won't garner new results, right? Like, if we keep doing what we used to be doing, we're not going to get to any place different. Whatever that means, and it's kind of cliche, kind of Hallmark Cardi a little bit, but there is some serious truth to some of that, especially in regards to the way that we process stuff. Trust uh, and believe we are not all that unlike one another at a younger age and, and then some. So recognizing that there are ways to kind of release what we've been holding on to. There are ways to face things we're afraid to even like look at. There are, there are ways to get those baby steps in progress um without it feeling so foreign but you can't keep facing those same triggers and those same hurts in uh, the same way you're never gonna get out of that pattern your worst case scenario pattern for yourself and that's that takes courage a courage that most people have rarely thought about or experienced because like you said it's so easy to just try mm -hmm. to numb it the way we're familiar with or to avoid it the way that we're we're familiar with and that's when you get into issues like high functioning xyz right so high functioning depression anxiety alcoholism whatever like you're you're not facing the issue you're not even really changing the results you're just kind of slapping a sticker on it a socially uh, acceptable sticker that says hey i'm still i'm still doing just enough of the right things i'm fine don't worry about me when really your heart and soul is like worry about me bitch like i'm in trouble <laughs> like help me you know so it's really interesting to hear and talking with other guests and things and, and, and your story as well there's a lot of things that i personally can parallel without never having gone through some of the experiences you have and i'm sure our listeners are gaining a lot from you as well so thank uh, you for that. yeah do you would you say that you are through the storm would you say that that um that was sort of the cherry on top of the worst of it all? Or how do, how do you see yourself kind of coming through the biggest waves and, and kind of seeing the next phase of calm as it kind of settles into your world? Gosh, that's interesting. You know, it's like, I, I thought that I was, you know, I thought I was, and then 2020 hit, I was all 2019, because my sister, so, um, and here's another part that I actually, for the sake of time, I, I left out, but my oldest sister actually passed away before Danielle, who was diagnosed with breast cancer. So during Danielle's fight, um, my oldest sister, Heather, passed away in January 2017. Um, and so, and then Danielle in August 2018. So, it, and I can't, you know, so it was like, it was wave after wave after wave. Mm. Um, both of them were only 40 years old. Heather passed away from an unexpected, um, slow heart attack. Like it was, it was one of those, I will say it was a storm of all storms. It was the perfect storm. 
was a lot. Um, but what I'll say is coming out of that. So it took me a while to really process all of that. And at the same time, mind you, I'm growing a business. (laughs) So I'm like an entrepreneur, right? And it's like in your first five years is probably the hardest growing a business and I'm doing it full time. Now, the one thing I will say is that it was a blessing because I was able to take time off to grieve when I needed to, because I had flexibility Mm -hmm. in my schedule. So if I had three hours where I had to go put on worship music and ball my eyes out before making a live video or making a post on Facebook or messaging somebody or talking to somebody on the phone, I could set up things around my grief where I would, I had the, I was given the grace of time to process because so many times we don't have the time and we keep you. Oh, I don't have time to grieve. I don't have time to deal with it. I don't have time, time. And then it just keeps getting piled up. So what I will say is I had the grace of time, like the grace of time to Mm -hmm. really process those things. But yeah, it wasn't until probably 2019 really coming out of it. And then the other thing that happened in 2019 for me was I hit my five years of remission. So I hit my five years of remission cancer-free in July of 2019. And it was one full year just about after my sister had passed. So I will say that the summer of 2019, I felt like I was coming out of the storm, right? And they're like, 2020 is going to be my year, you know? Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) It is your year. We still got a month. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. Um, And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me, right? So then it was just like another. So what I'll say is this, is I don't know. Gosh, I don't know if the, the if the storm ever fully just ends, right? Does does life ever just become peaceful? You know, mm. uh, I have a friend right now who's now uh, two close friends that are grieving right now. You know, I mean, there's constant loss and pain, and that I mean, we're living in a fallen world. And anyways, I don't want to get into the spiritual aspect of it too too much, but I will say this, like, you know, and I've said this, I started realizing this because I think that we have this misconception that life is supposed to be easy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where we got that because if anybody reads the Bible, first of all, it has never been, like there has always been just people being people, right? Just mm-hmm. just chaos and, and everything and, and pain and devastation and, you know, loss and all these things. And there are high moments. And so I think that, um, you know, I, I look at life now as a journey. Okay. I don't look at it as I, I, for me, this is not my permanent home. You know, heaven is the ultimate home. So everything that I experience here on this earth mm-hmm. is to prepare me for my home. And so everything that I go through is to grow me, is to stretch me. And I think when you look at storms like that is to teach me to swim faster, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> teach me harder when those storms hit. And like I said, it was like, if I hadn't have gone through, like, I, I look at it this way, right? If I hadn't have gone through breast cancer, then I wouldn't have been prepared for my sister going through breast cancer and that loss, because I wouldn't have been the person that I needed to be in order to swim through that storm, you know? And then similarly, coming to COVID-19 and 2020, I would not, I would be a wreck. I mean, it's hard for me to, I don't know how people are getting through it once again, because I'm like, I'm barely holding on to my sanity by a thread, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> I think we all are, right. but 
oh, but if I wasn't who I was today, I would have gone back. You know, I, I wouldn't have been able to be strong enough from being stretched and been able to swim as hard as I've had to swim through this season in order to get to the next, you know, to the next wave, essentially. So I feel like it never, to, long answer to your question, but I feel like it never really fully ends. But when we accept that life is going to be just a series of waves, it allows us to look at it from a different perspective of not this victim, right? Of like, mm-hmm. life just keeps happening to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, because one of the things that I've realized is regardless of if anybody has gone through my perfect my specific experience, no one is immune to the trials and tribulations of life. Once you start to talk to people, people have been through some stuff. Everybody has, you know, it may not be my stuff, but it's stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. we've all been through stuff. And so, um, but once I start looking at it, not as like a victim, but as a, you know what, this God's going to do something with this. I don't know what, I don't know how, but he's going to do something with this. And every single time I've, I've gone into a wave or a storm, knowing that it helps me get through it because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to need to maybe share this with somebody someday mm-hmm. or be strong for somebody else going through grief later. And because I've gone through it, I can, and like you said, if I go through it and come out with processing it in a healthy way, mm-hmm. I can help other people process things in a healthy way. And not to say that I always get it right because I'm still struggling every single day, just like else, but I might have tools or resources or some sort of wisdom that I can share with the person that's coming right behind me. I think, um, what's his name? Denzel Washington. I think it was on like a speech and I'll never forget this. It was like so spot on. He was like, each one teach one, mm-hmm. right? teach one but the problem is if we don't get through it healthy and we don't process it in a healthy way we recycle the same unhealthy behavior we're not on the right tools and the you know the right resources and the right perspective we're we're passing on the wrong stuff you know for the next it's different right surviving is different than thriving and i think it requires humility to the thousandth degree to recognize that Though this advice or this perspective might be helpful or useful, it's not the answer to your issue. I'm not like this all-knowing genius <laughs> out here with all the answers that I'm holding in my pocket, right? Like, that's just, uh, shoot, if it were the case, there'd be many more zeros in my bank account, right? Like, that's just not how it's working right now. And ultimately, to your point, I think more than ever, especially 2020 and, and beyond, like, we need the power of human connection and that empathy and that heart space being shared um, and grown to that point. So I think, uh, I think you summarized it very well to say, you know what, my answer may not be your answer, but I, I have the eyes, I have the lens to know you're going through something. I have the heart space to say I empathize with you and you're not alone. And I'm here for you know, your continued growth and success whenever and however that may look. Um, a, that's the definition of sisterhood, and B, I think decent humans in general. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that's exactly it. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess when you think back to that, I guess, self-proclaimed party girl, that younger girl, um, what would she think of the Natalie of today? What would she think of who you've become and what you have to say and share with others in the world? Uh, I can say from people that know me, I'm literally like an alien. 
who is this girl, right? Who is she? I don't know who I am anymore. I'm like, who is this person? So I would say, I don't think that she would know. You know, I don't think, here's the thing. It's interesting. I didn't ever expect to get cancer, but I also never expected to be a business owner, mm-hmm. never expected to be an influencer, never expected to share anything really like of like wisdom. Like I wasn't, you know, it was like, you know, I was somebody that you just look for for a good time. Now, don't get me wrong. I was always caring I was always I just I was using I want to say this I was almost I feel like now looking back maybe using my gifts in a in not the healthiest way right so they um you know is along with my stubbornness was like my empathy and like loving people and all of those things but I didn't I I guess I didn't really know how to help them and I still don't know but um, but I think, um, to answer your question, I don't think that, yeah, they, I wouldn't even know who I am. And, and I don't know if there's anything that I could say because, you know, there's knowledge by like a textbook and then there's wisdom by experience. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's no way that I could even like, she wouldn't get it. Do you know what I mean? She wouldn't get it. And I think, you know, people have said, you know, what would you say to your younger? It wouldn't matter what I said. Cause she wasn't trying to to hear you anyways. I I know someone like that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Being honest, I wouldn't have been listening to anybody. I thought I knew everything. I thought I'd live forever. I thought I could do anything, you know? Mm Mm-hmm believe in empowering people but yeah anyways to answer your question I I always thought that that question was so interesting like what would you say and it's like it doesn't matter you know because I don't I wouldn't I'm not that person anymore but none of us really are and I think that we should embrace change because when we change one I think it brings us humility you know me humility knowing I thought that I knew what I was doing then I thought I knew what I was doing a year ago and it's changed you know like I don't know at all what I'm doing you know so it's constantly changing so I think it brings humility but then also um I think it brings that wisdom you know and just that growth that we need, like I said, to kind of take us to that next wave or that next storm. Um, but I think that we gain so much wisdom by experience, so much more than we couldn't get reading it, you know, or even watching it or seeing it as much as we can get actually going through it, you know, going through the journey. Like, you know, I might read about swimming hard and I might see somebody, so, but like for me to actually swim through my own storm and how I have like, you know, build up that strength and everything. And this is for anybody going through a storm that, that in that storm is where you really get those nuggets that you wouldn't get otherwise. And you build up that strength and that wisdom and everything that you're going to need to get you to that next mm-hmm. level. That's kind of how I see it. I think, I think you're pretty spot on with that. Um, Natalie, thank you so much uh, for sharing those little nuggets of wisdom and for opening up about your own story through the storm. Um, can't thank you enough for that. Uh, and all of us here at Storm Champ, we're super excited to highlight exactly what you just mentioned, experiences and getting out to the other side. I'm sure that our listeners will grab onto some of that wisdom and apply it to their own lives and whatever they might be facing. So um again everybody thanks so much for listening and until next time this has been storm champ